Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, the podcast that takes you behind the casting room doors and shares listener audition disasters, cringeworthy moments and embarrassing stories and reminds each other that it doesn't matter when they happen, they all are okay and everybody has them happen to them as well. Those stories you wouldn't normally hear from the world of auditions, well, we like to share them with you with a guest from the world of entertainment, TV, theatre, film or comedy. And every week we share our favourite ones that were submitted that week. That's right, they're all true and they all happened to someone who listens to this show. My name is Christopher Bartlett-Walford, I am your host, and this week I am joined by the fabulous Davina De Campo. Even just saying Davina's name fills me with a wonderful tingle. <laughs> Davina and I met as we were judges on BBC One's All Together Now a few years ago. But you will know Davina from RuPaul's Drag Race UK on BBC Three and iPlayer last year. Davina is a breakout star of the UK drag scene, a breakout star for her entire career. Um, you'll know her from a time on The Voice, uh, from loads of different shows and appearances in productions and, and the drag circuit all over the globe. She's amazing and Davina has a, a wealth of knowledge to share with you. So I really hope you enjoy this episode full of tales that you've submitted. They're all true. They all happened. And you can feel that embarrassment. Is, oh, God, there's one in there this week that I, I told Davina, and it is a corker. If you've ever gone to an audition wearing something ever so slightly inappropriate, brace yourselves, team. It's brilliant. As you listen to the show, we love that you share that you are doing so with us on social media. We're at Don't Call Us Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Tag us and tell us what you think of the stories as you listen to them. Doesn't matter whether you're in the morning, afternoon, evening. Just do it and we'll tweet you back and share it with the world as well. Also this week, we would absolutely love it if you share the show to somebody new. Let's try and reach as many new people as possible this week. It's an absolutely brilliant show that hopefully gives everyone a bit of a giggle in a week that's been particularly tough for everyone who even loves entertainment and live music and, and supports the industry in any way they can, we can't see much of a future for each other at the moment. So hopefully this gives you that giggle and joy that we very much need. Davina, join me over Zoom this week to talk through the story. So without further ado, let's get into it. I start every episode of the show by asking our weekly guest, the same question, a good leveller, it gets us to know them really well and how they feel about the process. And that question is, what do auditions mean to them? Enjoy the show. Auditions for me, like throw up. Um, I mean, immediately, immediate terror, immediate terror, because um, working as a drag queen, like I, I haven't had to audition for that many things. Most of the time, people have seen me working and gone, I'd like to work with you. How do you feel about doing this? How do you feel about doing that? How, we'd like you for this. You know, and it, things just kind of get offered to me, which I am uh, like unbelievably lucky that that is the case. So when I have to audition for stuff, because I'm so out of practice, and it, audition technique is a very clear discipline, like... I know people who are amazing at auditions and terrible at everything else. When you try and put them on stage, they're absolute rubbish. <laughs> but in an audition process, they are 
amazing and they will blow everybody else out of the room and then the, the casting directors when they finally try and put them on stage are like what did we do what happened who is this person so uh <laughs> like auditions for me are immediate terror and anxiety and then it's and then because i'm so anal about time um it then becomes like a process of where are the blocks of time where I can put in the prep that I know that I need to do before I even step in the room so that I don't just have brown knickers on. <laughs> <laughs> and if you were in any worried about the tone of the podcast, that's that's this that's the episode today. <laughs> but it's true though, isn't it? I think we we've talked so much on the show about you can't really rehearse for an audition because everything's different, but you can at least get into that mindset very quickly of, well, how how am I going to respond to this? And if it is just sheer panic, well, you're not on your own. I think. Yeah, I mean, and I've had auditions for so many different things. That's the thing. So when I was really early in the career, I was um, doing lots of dance auditions, lots of auditions for acting gigs, um, and then not as much for, you know, singing roles and, and then other, you know, uh, things like that. So like the audition process for a music video versus the audition process for joining a contemporary dance company is wildly different. Mm. So different, it is unbelievable. So most like contemporary dance companies, if you're going for an audition with them, it's very chilled. Um, it's more of a kind of workshop process. They want to see what you're going to bring in terms of uh, creativity and technique and all of that. But if you're auditioning for a music video, they don't care about that. It is like a chorus line. You walk in, you're given a number, stand there, and first group, da 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 got that, go. And if you don't do it, that's it. Thanks, guys. Uh, we're just going to keep the third line. You know, so it's those, yeah. uh, those, I didn't do many of those. <laughs> uh, those are just not my kind of thing. Like, if I'm going to travel halfway across the country to audition for you, I want at least three hours of your time with me because I spent three hours to get here. So um, I'm not so interested in auditions that could potentially last, you know, 20 minutes, like my yeah. audition for Rose Bruford, oh. which I also incidentally had to pay for, which I think is the biggest swindle in the world. Just putting that out there because they don't <laughs> earn any money from the teaching. <laughs> not the most expensive course to go on. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that's a really interesting thing that I don't think we've covered before. Sometimes the amount of travel that goes into going to auditions, like not even I'm not even talking about the cost. The environment suffers so much from people trekking miles yeah. and miles and miles to go to auditions when, let's face it, the pandemic has at least reset some of that with the self tape. I, when I when I graduated, which I think was about two thousand and seven, um, it. Oh, uh, I know you're so young. I oh, thank you so much. This is why I like you because you call me. Young. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the old one. Um, they I'd never heard the word self tape when I graduated. There was a, there was an instance that oh. I was out on tour in a show and I had to. I, I was called in for something and it turned out I couldn't end up going for it because I wouldn't have been able to go to the second round because I was just in Scotland somewhere. So I couldn't have got back and forth. But on reflection, all it was was a song and I could have self-taped, but it was just it wasn't really a thing back then. 
And I could have done the job, the dates worked and everything else. And I could have done all the other things. But one, one, let's face it, what would have been verse and a chorus audition. They, it just wasn't a, a, a thing back then. And looking back, that's just, it just sucked. Because they expect someone to go all the way down the country just yeah. to sing for them. But verse and chorus, four or five hours, risking delays, risking weather to get back to the show that they're being contracted to go for. It's just, it's too much. And it needs to stop. So hopefully going forward, then that'll at least be reset a little bit. Even if that's just, you know, the the sort of first round, you know, so you send in yeah. a selfie tape of you doing the thing and they go, well, I mean, he doesn't look quite like we need him. He's not as tall as we need or, you know, because there's all of those things as well. I went to an audition just talking about driving somewhere. So I went to an audition for a dance company. They were a physical theatre company and I was in Carnarvon. They were based in like, it was Devon or Cornwall or, you know, oh, it was a long way. So it took me like, I think I drove for six or seven hours to get there. So I set off very, very early, went to this audition. I smashed it. I'm really good at picking up lines, you know, especially in an audition. Yeah. Uh, you give me, you know, a paragraph and I'll have it down in the first 10 minutes and then, then I'll be able to deliver it to you. We had to do that and uh, put movement with it. So, you know, it was uh, not, I mean, not like, oh, I was drinking coffee, you know, not that kind of movement. It was, you know, <laughs> put them, you know it wasn't that. Um, it was dancing and delivering lines at the same time. So I did that. And I'm really pragmatic. I know when I've done a good audition and I know when I've done a terrible one, you know. And that also is something that I think you really have to learn very quickly. What is it that you are? Do you fit what it is that they want? Yeah. So this audition, if they'd said what it was exactly that they were looking for, I wouldn't have even gone to the audition because the people that they kept were all six foot two, they were all broad build and not one of them had done as well as I had, you know, and I'm like I said, I'm really pragmatic. So when we come out of the audition and all the people who were kind of leaving, everyone's going, I don't understand. Yours was like, I just don't get it. Why were you, why were you not picked? Like you, you did so much better than any of those. And I was like, yeah. well, look at them, look at them. They're all six foot two. They're all broad build. They all look like they could be gassed on. Like, I don't look like that. And if they'd been able to just articulate, we need somebody who is six foot or above, broad build, this kind of look, I wouldn't have gone. So, you know, I think there is an element of with auditions that uh, while they're trying to be inclusive, it's not always very helpful. You know, particularly if it's to mm. fill a role that is already there. You know, so there's yeah. already a role. And it, in order to fulfill that role, this person has to be X, Y, P, Q, Z, you know, whatever. They have to be these things. So that would have been really helpful for me because it would have saved me like 12 hours of driving. I still enjoyed the audition. You know? Yeah, to be fair, <laughs> anywhere from Carnarvon is 12 hours of driving. So I wouldn't worry. Oh, too. God. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, I went to pick up my sister once. This has nothing to do with auditions. Just my lack of geographical skill and knowledge. I have no idea where anywhere it is. So I, I went to pick up my sister from uni. She said she was in Norwich. I thought she, she I thought Norwich was Nottingham, which would have been a three-hour no. drive. That is not. It's diagonally the opposite sides of the country. Like 
it could not be further away from each other. So it took me nine and a half hours to get there. And then, this is the best bit, as we were coming home, so uh, back to Brighouse, dropping her off in Brighouse, we get to Hartshead Moor, coming down the motorway because we've had to go up the M1 to Leeds and then come back on ourselves. My exhaust explodes oh. at Hartshead Moor services. So it's going, <laughs> oh! And there's all these sparks flying out the back of my car. I didn't like, I think I didn't, by the time we arrived home, I think I'd done about 23 hours of driving. I was not, <laughs> I was not it. I was not it. <laughs> oh, dear. That, I mean, yeah. I, having having worked in lots of touring situations on the production side, uh, postcode knowledge is is my wife's speciality. I won't even be able to finish a postcode. She go, oh, yeah, that's three hours away. Oh, yeah, that'll cost you X, Y, Z in petrol. <laughs> so <laughs> she can give you lessons, D. It's fine. <laughs> I have no idea about anything. Like the day Tom Tom came out, I was like, I'm saved. <laughs> that was it. I was, that was it then. My life was made. <laughs> Let me hit you with the first story this week. So as a reminder to anyone listening for the first time, every story that I read out has been uh, submitted by a listener or a member of our audience. They'll be anonymized, so there'll be no names uh, unless they specify they want the production to be uh, documented. I won't say what it was for, but I'll give you a kind of general hint. But they are all 100% true. And I've read them two or three times already. And I am sweating with cringy anxiety already because I know these actually happened. I say it every time it's both the best and the worst part of my week, this, because I really enjoy sharing them and hope it helps people remember they're not on their own, but also, (laughs) I love it. I love it so much because we've all been there. So are you ready, Davina? I am so ready for this. (laughs) Having been in so many horrific auditions, I can't wait. (laughs) So this uh, this first story this week comes in from a, a musical theatre performer um, who tells us of a time she went in for a big show in the West End. She writes, I was young and I just left drama school and one of my first auditions was with a big casting director for a really big show with the first round taking place on stage at the actual theatre. So young me dutifully prepared her two contrasting 1960s songs and rocked up on the day. My nerves were not helped by the incestuous meet and greet going on in the waiting room. Oh, how are you, darling? Haven't seen you since the Les Mis finals, etc. But I walked in and did a fairly decent audition to a panel of three people who were sat down in the auditorium. After they thanked me for my time, I collected my sheet music from the onstage pianist and began to walk off stage, still smiling and saying thank you, when BAM! I walked straight into the proscenium arch and nearly knocked myself straight out. (laughs) (laughs) Cue shocked faces and cries of, are you all right? From the panel. After assuring them I was fine, I really wasn't, it bloody hurt and had a comic style lump swiftly rising on my forehead. I was escorted off stage by the assistant. The worst part? When the door slammed behind me, I could clearly hear them burst into spontaneous hysterical laughter. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. <laughs> She's gone ah, silent, but Davina's ah, wet herself. It's like a French and Saunders sketch, isn't it? <laughs> the like, thing is, 
she must have really been paying attention to the people down in the auditorium to walk so far off stage left or stage right to go face first into the sun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good point. I mean, be aware. You've got to be aware when you're in that situation where you actually are. The thing is, though, you're so... I don't know what it's like for you, but a lot of the time I have this weird out-of-body experience when I'm doing an audition uh, and I'm feeling stressed, you know? So if I'm feeling like this matters and I really want this, yeah. I have this like weird out-of-body experience. So I can completely see how she would do that, uh, having done plenty of things like that before in in my own life. Yeah, especially if it's a show that you particularly enjoy or it's maybe a team that you really want to work for. It's really hard to distance yourself from just that moment. And we somebody said it in earlier on in the series, it's easy to forget that this is five minutes of your entire day. I think it was yeah. Heber who said it. Like, it's the tiniest part of that. Unless, it, obviously, it's a you know a, a longer dance call that you're there for the day or something. It's it's a throwaway moment of the day. And if you start thinking of those instances like that, it, it can really help you. I think it is difficult. And like I said, especially if maybe it's a show that your peers have said, oh, you need to do that one day or yeah. it's a role that, you know, they've you, you've had it maybe put some pressure on yourself. But <laughs> to, to, to be in the moment enough to just completely forget to look where you're going. <laughs> Oh dear, poor, poor, poor love. I mean, she's fine now, I know, but oh dear, not the only instance of somebody walking into something, as you'll hear later. But I, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was a good one to start, start the day with. <laughs> not for her, it wasn't. It was a day ender, if anything. But it... um, I want to know what I want to know what show it was as well. Sixties. <laughs> what could 60s it have been? Songs. Grease? No, so, maybe not. A dream boat, some petticoats, something like that, maybe? No, I think it'll be a jukebox one, won't it? Yeah. A David Essex musical or something. <laughs> Actually, just probably better to knock yourself out before that is fine, but never mind. Uh, have you ever walked into anything on stage at an audition, Davina? Only other people. That's, that's all <laughs> I've ever done. Because dance auditions are, uh, you have to be a bit pushy in a dance audition, you know, and everybody yeah. is trying to take up as much space as they possibly can, because otherwise they just don't see you. You're not even in the room. Mm. So there have been occasions where um, I've kicked people or my arms have hit people, you know, they, but that's what happens. That's dance, guys. You know, yeah. you're swiping your arm out and somebody stood too close. Well, I'm sorry, girl, that is not my fault. You were stood too close to me, just so that you know. My person, <laughs> personal dance space, yeah. Yeah, here's the blame. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do that, but it's nothing to do with confidence. It's lack of skill with me hitting people in the face in dance. So I wouldn't worry. About At least you can control it. I've fallen over a few times. I've worked with this guy, uh, Mike, we're good friends now, thankfully. Um, but we both auditioned for a company years and years and years ago. And we didn't realise that both of us were in the same audition until, I mean, probably three or four weeks ago. And I've known Mike for four years, something like that. So we didn't, we didn't realise that we'd both been in the same room for the same audition. Um, until very, very recently, and I'm talking like 
15 years ago. I mean, you know, the life mm. of a dancer is short, guys. Um, so we both auditioned for this company. He got it. Bastard. Um, <laughs> I didn't. But I, I, we had to do this one thing where, and I just could not get it. Everybody, every, so it was all boys. They're all dancing, just, just auditioning for men. And uh, they put us into pairs and one was on the floor and the other one had to do like, uh, you know, like the plank, but you had to do the plank jumping over somebody else. So you had to do a step, step up into yeah. horizontal and then land on the floor. Well, I must have tried 36,000 times to try and do this and everybody else had got it and they're just going, it's, it's fine don't don't worry it'll be a you don't you don't have to do it and i'm like no i can do this i can i can do this i couldn't do it <laughs> but everybody else could that was what was like the most frustrating thing in that in that audition was i don't know what it was just my brain and my body were not having it at all so <laughs> out of the 15 of us who were in this room doing this everybody else was like okay this is a bit difficult but I've got it. That's fine. And I was like, yeah, no, I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about what we what you would like your audition edition to be later on. But I think uh, Will and Alex back in episode two, I think it was, they said that one of theirs would be uh, a panic button that if you hit it, it's not that you panic. It's that you go, do you know what? I know that this is not for me. You know, this is not for me. I'm just I'm just going to just going to go this way. No hard feelings. Let's just go. And I think that would have been a moment that you got, you should have maybe gone. Do you know what? But no, you're right. You commit no. to it and you go. I I can do this. You, you're gonna you're gonna see. I can do this. Four Listen, hours later, I don't think um, I would have even pressed it. Then I was so like, I can do this. I can do this. I'm amazing. <laughs> I was living in my own delusion at that point, just thinking <laughs> I'm fabulous. I can. Oh my god, I can smash this. And I did a really good audition up until that point. And from there, I was like. Oh, well, it was a nice drive and a nice day. <laughs> it's another another 12 hours home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, God. All the way to Cardiff, that one. That was in Cardiff. So that was a five-hour drive from where I was at the time. Where was it in Cardiff? You're talking my local language now. This is great. Postcode, uh, postcode was... content. That's what we like. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. So it was Earthfall that I was auditioning for. Um, and they're proper central. So, you know, the, yeah. the audition was really central Cardiff. Oh, they were so nice as well. Everyone was so nice to me. Oh, I've not even pulled but out I my stories from my Cardiff audition day. Good <laughs> Lord. I have a whole series on that, I think. Goodness me. <laughs> <laughs> so this next story that comes in, comes in from an actress. And I don't really know how to phrase this one. It's It's certainly something that, I don't think she's ever going to do again. And I think this is one of those times that the audition was OK, but the circumstance around it maybe were uh, questionable, shall we say. <laughs> and when I read this, there's a there's an obvious hero in this and you'll you'll hear why now. Oh, dear. I'm ready for this. So she starts. So I hadn't been out of drama school very long at all. I'd had an audition for a well-known children's theatre show and got a recall. I found out I'd got the recall while I was working at a shift at a pub, which didn't finish till very, very late. My recall was at 12pm the next day. Thanks to working so late at the pub, I slept in. 
through all my many alarms until 12 p.m. I'd even had my phone on flight mode, so my agent at the time wasn't even able to call me. When I woke up, I saw the time and immediately called my agent in tears, obviously apologising profusely and telling her what had happened. She said, OK, get ready to leave and I'll see what I can do and hung straight up. I got dressed in record time and she called me back. Right, they're still going to see you. Now this is what happened. Your phone got stolen on the way to the audition and you had to go home. Now get yourself to the audition. Don't let anyone see your phone and don't let this happen again. She'd woven a story for me to the audition panel and they still wanted to see me. I got myself to the audition and they immediately asked me if I was okay and what had happened. I had to embellish the lie even further, telling them it was a guy on a moped and all of my housemates had been out so I had to wait for them to get home before I could get myself into town for the audition. Now I didn't get the part, even though the recall went quite well in spite of all the factors and I never have ever slept in for an audition since. Oh, I was waiting for the phone to ring halfway through the audition. (laughs) (laughs) If that if that had happened. (laughs) Oh, dear me. That would be very me. I'm I cannot tell lies about stuff because I am just always found out. Always, always, always. Um. So I like lying about anything or trying to say, oh, it was because of this. It just doesn't work. I've always just had to go. Yeah, I just didn't do it. Like I had an audition for another dance company. And they were in Warrington and I borrowed somebody else's sat nav because for some reason they'd taken mine. I don't know what is going on in the world. I don't know why that was a thing. You and map systems, not the best. (laughs) Not good at all. So this was a, a street angel rather than Tom Tom. So I really knew mm. how Tom Tom worked. I was like, okay, bam, 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 bam. I know where I'm going. I love my life. Everything's great. Yeah, super, super, super. Well, so I borrowed this other one, and I don't know why they had mine. Anyway, so um, I put the postcode in, start. Okay, it says I go this way. Great. I'm in Stoke-on-Trent. I need to get to Warrington. Uh, <clears throat> drive, 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 drive. I keep seeing the signs for Chester and I'm like, okay, that's great. I know that Warrington is close-ish to Chester. So that's fine. I, I kind of know where I'm, that we're going the right way. This is weird. I'm going south, but it still says that, you know, I can get, so maybe it's take, maybe there's traffic. I don't know. I get to the uh, turn off for Wolverhampton. It takes me onto the roundabout. <laughs> stops me on the roundabout and says, you have reached your destination. (laughs) Wolverhampton and Warrington are not the same place. No, 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 no. So this sounds like a total lie. It is not a lie. This is what happened. So I've driven an hour in the wrong direction, but I'm anal about time. So I could potentially still make it because I am crazy anal about time. Um, But as the car has stopped, at the traffic lights on the roundabout and I've been told that this is my final destination. It really is my final destination because my car breaks down on the roundabout off the oh, motorway. No. Oh no. And I'm like, what the hell is happening to me? Then the, uh, I ring the AA, uh, other breakdown service providers are available. Um, <laughs> I ring the AA and uh, they're like, really sorry, your policy ran out two weeks ago. Bye. 
Oh, come on. Then the guys, the motorway guys, come <laughs> and they park in front of me and they get out of their car while I'm going, yeah, my policy car, I've run out, come on. And they're screaming at me, why are you here? Why are you here? Well, my car's broken down, hasn't it? Why do you think I'm here? And they're going, get back in your car, get in your car. And I was like, ah! <laughs> So I missed the audition, weirdly enough. So I had to ring the woman and say, I'm really sorry, I've driven an hour in the wrong direction. Um, I hope the audition goes well. And maybe if there's another chance in the future, I'll be able to oh, turn up. Oh, dear. <laughs> You'd still be on the same journey, though. So it's... Yeah, probably. By the time <laughs> the next person left the company, I'm still driving to get there. <laughs> so, so let's talk about a time where you actually made it to the room. Uh... <laughs> Is there is there an audition in your past in your career that stands out as being a time where it didn't it didn't quite go the way that you thought or something happened that really kind of sent you on a spiral of the day? Is there is there one of those times that you could reflect upon for us? Probably uh, I should tell you about the most recent audition that I had. Go on. Recent is good. It could, you say recent, yeah. but that might as well have been three years ago for everyone, I suppose. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't be doing the job now anyway, so maybe it worked out for the best. Um, yeah, I had an audition for a musical, uh, a well-known musical that everybody talks about. And um, I just finished the Drag Race tour, which if anybody's watching God Shave the Queens at the moment, you'll see how sick I was. Well, COVID arrived here November, December time. That's when our tour was. So if you're looking for a super spreader, hi guys, thanks so much for the meet and greet. <laughs> yeah, you get a si signed poster and six months sick pay. That's what you <laughs> Exactly. Like I am 100% certain that I had COVID then. I was so dry and I have the wettest saliva filled mouth in the entire world. So the fact that I had a dry throat, that, that just does not happen. It does not happen for me. And I lost my sense of taste and I was sick. So we just finished the tour. I'm still sick at this point. And I'm sounding like this. Hi, yeah, uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, so my voice is really not what it should be. But I've, I've learned the material as best you can while you're touring and traveling and trying to do everything else that you're trying to do. Um, and I go in for the audition and uh, I forgot that it was musical theatre. You know, there's a different type of acting, isn't there? For musical yeah. theatre to, to doing like a, a straight play, there's a very different style of presentation. Everything, everything is heightened, I suppose, is a good way of, you know, there's, there's a lot more. I always find whenever I'm in a show, there's a lot more presentation involved in, in acting for musical theatre. And certainly a bigger, maybe more yeah. glittery, glamorous musical than maybe like a, you know, a Spring Awakening or something. So, yeah, exactly. I, I get you there. Exactly. So, you know, if you're on the scale of naturalism to panto, if naturalism <laughs> is one and panto is a ten, you're kind of around a four or a five, aren't you, with musical theatre? You've really dialed it. You've dialed it up. You know, it's probably more yeah. like a six, really, isn't it? Well, so I went in there and gave them like a one to two. I was very naturalistic about it. I was very earnest. And I just was like, yeah, I'm an actor. I'm, I'm acting now. And so I have to really feel it and embed that in my body. And they were like, yeah, that was really truthful. 
that was really the truth of that script. Can you do it a bit more like a show now? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh yeah. This is a musical, isn't it? Whoops! I don't think I prepped for this one quite right. Uh, so, yeah, needless to say, I did not get the role. Oh. I mean, obviously, I think it's nothing to do with my ability. It's just that I don't look old enough for the part. What? Matilda? <laughs> Me as Mrs. Trunchbull. I now, could tell now hang on, that is that is a great cast. I've seen you early in the morning. You'd be a perfect chance, but <laughs> I have to put five to look like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd be a great Trunt AC. Now this is any the film's coming out soon. I think I'd need some padding. I'm also quite short, really. You know, until I've got my sky highs on, I'm actually quite short, which is a big part of why I've not. Uh, I, mean, I realised this only very recently. You know, the, the kind of basic rule for if you're going to be part of the chorus for musicals, I was always told this anyway. Things have changed a little, but not Yeah, they are changing, yeah. Um, but you have to be kind of 5'10 to do like chorus or lead for musicals because most of the girls are sort of 5'2", five, 5'3". Five, Once they put their heels on, if you're less than 5'10", it looks weird on stage, you know, because they've got the wig on, there's a bit of height in there. So they're like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, with all of that on. If you're not over 5'10", it looks strange, you know, having a 5'8", lead and a 5'10", <laughs> a 5'10", woman playing across you. So, I mean, obviously I would never have made it to a lead anyway. I'm, I don't look like that. I don't sound like that, unless I'm doing something like Priscilla. You know, I could do that. I'm realistic about who I am and what it is that I've got to offer. Um, so I, I stopped myself from going to open calls um, because I didn't think I was tall enough. Because oh, for 15 no. years, yeah, 15 years, I thought I was 5'8". I'm not, I'm 5'10". <laughs> <laughs> An idiot! Oh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do geography and I can't measure either, clearly. <laughs> Seven and a half inches, apparently. Got that wrong. <laughs> Look, many of us have got that wrong in our lives, Davina. I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> I think it's so important to remember, exactly as you've just said, know exactly who you are, but don't apologise for it. So, you know, going forward, no. if you are if you are 5'8", that's fine. Carry yourself as you are. It's it's one of those things about it. And I find this a lot. You know, I don't audition like that anymore. But as a baritone, as opposed to like, a you know, a pop tenor who's maybe, you know, singing the Abba stuff in Mamma Mia or, you know, all the, the lead yeah. stuff in Book of Mormon and stuff. I love those voices, but I don't have one of those voices. And sometimes if I go into an audition and I used to, you know, go in after someone who's, you know, whacking out a top B or is singing something ridiculously high from Kinky Boots or something. And then there's me with a kind of more lyrical song that maybe goes up to an F or a G it's it's so easy for one to compare themselves to what came just before but remember that when you're in that room certainly for a singing or an acting call and you know even like you said with that show when you were naturalistic that's fine but that was your moment so they gave you that and I direction. gave it to them I gave them that moment <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine because you owned that Admitted. so it's 
it's good to own whatever you do and to know that whatever you do in that moment is okay because it is your time. So if you go in and you are 5'8", don't think, well, I'm not going to get it because I'm not 5'10". Act like you are going to get it because then you give yourself more of a chance already. And you know what? You know, I like to leave the room and immediately go, well, never mind. It doesn't matter if I don't get it. Just move on to the next thing. If you get a call, that's great. If you get a call saying it didn't happen, that's also great. You've prepared yourself already. But, you know, yeah. being someone who's five... Don't I, expect five... a call to tell you that you didn't get it, though. Don't expect that. It's very rare that somebody is going to call you and take time out of their day to say, I'm really sorry you didn't get it. Um, but absolutely that. And that's what I did from that audition. I was like, look, this is, this is where I am. This snapshot in my life right now. I am sick as hell. My voice sounds, for me, like a chainsaw. Um, and, you know, like you, I, uh, I've spent a lot of time comparing myself to other people. And it's really unhelpful. Um, yeah. And it, the sooner you can kind of clock what it is that you are and what makes you special, that's when you, you start to fly and go, oh, actually, my little niche that I can sell and make money out of and have a great career is that thing so because yeah. that's what i am that's what i'm great at so let's just be great at that and yeah, i can and get I... better at the other side of stuff but like you i'm never going to be singing top b's every night that's just not going to happen not in full you know soprano maybe but in my full voice absolutely not that's just never going to happen yeah talking about range to you i know how high you can sing so <laughs> <laughs> maybe i should have chosen something higher to make myself feel better but yeah i'm talking no, about my, my my full voice is baritone so i you yeah. know i'm yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of bottom g up to top g and that's it and I, and you just have to go well that's kind of what it is and that's fine for anyone who doesn't know and i know obviously you saw this on on drag race with the frock destroyer song davina's range is one of the most <laughs> insane <laughs> pieces of musical instrumentation i have ever ever heard and it's so annoyingly good <laughs> because you aren't you aren't someone who kind of just hits it and like throws it away. you can really control it as well and that's what i, what I love about your voice it's I mean, just, most of it most of it <laughs> you, you know there's there is a time the and whistle, a place for it but <laughs> the whistle is not a reliable piece of my voice that you know just ask mariah carey she'll tell you she'll tell you well, only comes out of christmas exactly it's not a reliable thing you know it's one of those it's weird depending on what i've been doing that day uh it's either it'll work really well in the morning and then yeah. won't work at night at all or i'll have the whole of my voice so you know i'll be able to use everything but if i'm if i'm really belting then all the whistle's gone. There's no way that that's coming out again. Oh, hang on. I have to let my cat out the room. Sorry. Oh! Hi. It's not a euphemism. Don't worry. There we go. My little cat. Yeah, Barney. I just little like Barney. to have met the cat. Hello, everyone. Christopher here. Just to say, if you're listening to the show and you're thinking, oh, I've got one of those stories that I need to send in, then do so. Email it to the show don't call us pod at gmail.com or slide into our dms on twitter or instagram at don't call us pod all of the stories are anonymous we won't give away who you are or the show it was for or the production unless you absolutely want us to but email it to us don't call us pod at gmail.com or slide into our dms on socials at don't call us pod but for now back to davina de campo 
so this this next this next story i absolutely love it because for all the right reasons i can picture this this is brilliant and i thought this was considering how fashionable you are i figured this was a good one to tell you <laughs> fashionable wow well <laughs> I, well maybe yeah I like here we clothes. go she says this stands out as by far one of the worst auditions I ever did. I was just out of drama school and was lucky enough to get a really good agent who managed to get me in the room for all the shows that were on in the West End at the time. I kind of left drama school feeling so unconfident that I turned up to auditions like a nervous wreck almost all of the time. So when my agent got me into We Will Rock You, I was excited. But I'm a classically trained singer. So I already knew that this would be a disaster. And when I said to him that I was a little worried, he told me, oh, you'll be absolutely fine. Just dress like you're in the show. Then I'd look like I definitely should be in the show, right? I mean, maybe he meant just dress a little edgy, but I was like, hmm, all right, no worries. I've got this. Now at the time, I was working as a perfume sprayer in Selfridges for Agent Provocateur, and I had to wear this insane red corset. So I thought in my straight out of drama school, Jesus Christ, I have no idea what I'm doing or who I am panic. This would be perfect with a red tartan skirt a la Britney Spears and some fishnets. <laughs> so I did my prep, put on my outfit, had words with myself in the mirror and got on the tube to the theatre. It was a heat. It was a heat wave. So if I wasn't already sweaty, the tube and the corset made it a thousand times worse. I made it to the theatre, checked in at the stage door, and the guy looked at me like I was insane. But that's okay. I was ready for my audition. No worries. I walked down the stairs to the waiting room and, oh my God, kill me. All the other girls were dressed in beautiful, summery, floaty, flowery dresses. The room went silent and I really wanted to turn around and leave. But nope, my name was called straight away. So off I went onto the stage at the Dominion Theatre. The panel burst out laughing, complete hysterics. And I said, I think I may have mistaken the brief from my agent. And they laughed even more. I I walked over to the pianist, who I think felt super sorry for me, but who was also in hysterics. I got through 16 bars of the song. They stopped me. They were still laughing. And I said, I'm not really very rocky, am I? And they said, no, but I really brightened their day. <laughs> I hoped the ground could swallow me up, but it didn't. I did have a big walk of shame to get home. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> that is... Wonderful. <laughs> That's so fantastic. I cannot imagine even contemplating getting on the tube dressed like that. I cannot imagine. <laughs> if, it, if it was first thing in the morning and it was a commuter tube and you looked across and that caught your eye, you'd just be like, what? Oh, she's still working from the night before. <laughs> 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 
four and six. Was she worth it? <laughs> oh, dear. oh, dear. And the Dominion stage, again, we're talking about walking to your spot earlier on, making sure you've got your journey to where you're going. That's a big stage. That's a lot uh, yeah. of walking. That's I don't know. Just... I, I don't know how I would have felt looking up for the first time to see. I suppose their laughter kind of burst the moment. But oh, my God, that's amazing. At least you knew instantly. <laughs> instantly. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, you know who you are, but thank you for emailing that in and making Davina cackle. <laughs> so wonderful. I want, actually, that's what I want to do from now on. I want to go dressed really inappropriately to every audition that I ever have. And then they'll oh. always remember and just film it. Like, that, <laughs> how amazing a show would that make? Like, just a little web series of dressing inappropriately for auditions. Oh, my goodness. I, well, if you think about it, there's... How many auditions get filmed just so that, you know, the casting panel reviews them? Mm. We've had so many stories that are absolutely terrible in the show so far that mention video cameras and mention footage. It's got to <laughs> exist somewhere. It's got to exist. Some archive somewhere. <laughs> When we release the movie adaptation of the podcast, I want all of the original tapes of these stories. All, all the CCTV footage of them in the waiting room, pacing up and down, crying in the corner. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, oh, dear me. I don't think I've ever... I've never dressed like that for an audition before. Have you? Like, you're <laughs> like, like that? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I... I'd like to audition for the part of uh, prostitute number three. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Uh, and I'm willing to shave. <laughs> but they, um, I, I mean, yeah, there's, there's always, it's always useful to dress with an influence of the role. So, so for, I don't know, maybe for instance, if it was, oh, I don't know if it, maybe you were for a sailor in South Pacific, you'd maybe I'd maybe put on a navy polo shirt with some white stripes or something, you know, just to, you know, uh -huh. like a hint, a hint of the nautical or something. Or uh, there's been a few things that I've auditioned for in the past that maybe uh, a quite, I suppose, quite modern military. And I used to have this, like it was like a denim jacket, but it wasn't. It was like a khaki kind of cotton, but it looked like a kind uh -huh. of. You know, it had lots of pockets and sleeves. It was it was really nice yeah. and I really felt comfortable in it. So I'd always wear that if it was, you know, a kind of more urban or, or military kind of vibe. But I certainly didn't put my whole agent provocateur ensemble on. So it's the only time where I've been in an audition where somebody has done that has been for Amdram stuff, which I just yeah. find even more bonkers. Like you're not even auditioning for something that you're getting paid for and you've you're already bought to do the it. outfit. <laughs> I went for it. I remember it's like, I think I must have been about 10. No, I was older than that. I was 12, I think maybe. 11, 12. Auditioning for Oliver for the local Amdram. And um, this has happened to me a lot in my life anyway. Uh, they misgendered me. Okay. And they were like, the girls' audition was yesterday. And I was like, yeah, I know that's why I'm here today. And that's happened a lot for me, like in auditions and then also just like in general life, which is so weird. Like I'll turn up at the airport and I'll have jeans on and a jacket and 
uh, they'll send me to the lady to get patted down. And I'll be like, oh, guys, I don't think she's going to want to pat me down. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is my five octave range. Uh but that's, I mean, that, that sucks, first of all. It sucks that that happened, but... I, it doesn't, I mean, because now, um, I came out as non-binary, you know, I've been talking about it since I was like 18 anyway. Um, so yeah. it's not really a big deal for me, but it's the how awkward it is for them when they realise. And that was, a, a, you know, I think as a performer, that was a big part of... Uh, of me going on that journey of self-discovery. This is how the rest of the world sees me. So how do I make that pay? How do I use whatever God has given me uh, in God's ultimate wisdom? How do I do something with that in order to be able to feed and clothe myself? Um, and so of course, drag was the, the natural progression for me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, what am I going to do? I look like a girl. Oh, let's Ding. dress as a girl. <laughs> and, and you know, filthy jokes. <laughs> you know, and you, you do it. You'll, you'll get there one day, Davina. So I mean, I'm, we're still waiting for the career to kick in. <laughs> try my best. Try my best. Just keep going, kids. Trust and believe. All you need. All you need is a bit of exposure. I think. I think that's all you need. Yeah. Just need a, a break. I just need someone to give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have you on the show without talking about auditioning. And I'm not even talking about Drag Race now, mm. but uh, auditioning for TV mm. shows. So Davina and I met when we were judges on All Together Now, which is a, a BBC One show where there were uh, who's whose idea was it to put a hundred egos in a tiny room with catering in the room? Anyway, never mind. It was a big wall of a hundred professionals. And if we liked what we heard, we'd join in and sing along and the winner got loads of money. Really good fun. But obviously lots of different people from lots of different things. And, and many of us had auditioned for lots of different shows throughout our career. Mm. Obviously Davina did The Voice. Davina's done that and has gone on to do Drag Race and, and loads of things. How do you find auditioning for those kind of shows as a contestant and how did you find when you then were on the other side of it when you had aud people auditioning for us because that's what they were doing yeah they were auditioning to win 50 grand absolutely um i uh i hate the process i hate the process but they, it's very it's different. hard isn't it and it's also very different depending on who you're auditioning for like the audition for the voice they never kept me longer than say three hours for, you know, there's three or four different auditions or sessions that you have to go to. But with them, it was never more than three or four hours that they kept you. Um, they reimbursed your travel. You know, it, it was really uh, a much fairer and supportive audition process, mm. but still long. When I audition, I don't know if that's how it is now. So don't be thinking, oh, I'm going to audition for The Voice because they're dead nice. Because maybe they're not now. Uh, you know, because I auditioned when it was The Beep. Um, so it was a really nice process. But I'd also done auditions for, you know, pop stars, pop stars arrivals, BGT, 
this other weird thing called Must Be The Music that was on Sky. I mean, you name it. If it was a thing, I auditioned for it. If it was to do with singing. And uh, I mean, my audition for pop stars was horrendous. Who, who knows why I did that? I've got no idea. That's like... That's OG TV stuff for our generation. Oh, it really was. Like, you walked... So, I'd been waiting for... for okay, so... <laughs> okay. Bearing in mind I look like the way that I look, I had, for some reason... Oh, God, cultural appropriation alert. Uh -oh. We had... I don't know. We had this girl, Adama, at uni, who was just the most lovely, lovely, lovely person. And um, I said, oh, I, I love the, the braids in your hair. And she I said, would you do it for me? And it, she did that awkward thing of, I should have this conversation with you about why that is inappropriate and how uh, black people braiding their hair has, you know, real cultural significance. It's a no-go for you, I would say. But... <laughs> I'm not going to have that conversation with oh, you because it'll no. make things awkward. So instead, yes, I'll do that. Mean, like, she should have just said, oh, it's not really appropriate. If you want to find out why, go and Google it. Anyway, so she did braid my hair, these oh. massive, big chunk. I know. I'm, I mean, oh, my God. Anyway, so I got these braids put in my hair. And then for some reason... Um, my boyfriend at the time, he was the one pushing, push, 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 push. You have to, you should go and audition for this. You go and audition. It's not something that I'm into. It's not something that I enjoy. I don't, I don't, I don't really like competitive singing anyway. That isn't what singing is for me. However, I'm quite happy to be on a panel of judges and get paid for it. Um, That's the difference right there, isn't it? Exactly. I'm quite happy to do the judging. I just don't want to be judged because my anxiety is so bad. Mm -hmm. uh, so I walk in, we've waited. So the process for this is like, you go for one and then you go for another and then you go for another and, you know, whatever. So we'd got to this, uh, they'd, the initial people had seen me, which I think were just the scouts. And then we got to the producers and you wait for like six, seven, eight hours before you get into the room. Then you get into the room. Well, I, so I got into the room and it was pitch black. This room was pitch black. And all they had was two uplighters by the little pull-up banner that they had at one end of the room. And it was cavernous. This room was enormous. And then it was three of these producers sat next to each other with a light behind them. So all you could see was the outline of these people. You couldn't see anything else in this room. And uh, they just say, when you're ready. And what did I decide I was going to wear with my brand new braids that I culturally appropriated and put in my hair? I decided I was going to wear a suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i look like i should have been doing pimp my ride or something i don't know what i was thinking and then i decided i was going to sing the song that uh will young had sung the year before and i was going to do ain't no sunshine what is wrong with you why are you doing this to yourself 
So, <sighs> one, it was, it's a, it's, they're not a good process. I don't like the process of those kind of shows. I hate it. It's a little it's, different now, I think. I think that, you know, we're, we're talking like way back when it was almost unregulated. But yeah, it's still to, yeah, to some extent. But BGT is very similar to yeah. that still. You know, my experience of uh, people who go through the full audition process, yeah. it's still very similar to that, that you'll have like four different rounds where you'll go to, you'll sit there for hours and hours and hours in a room that is boiling hot with nothing to drink and nowhere to get any food. And then eventually you'll be called onto stage and, you know, for the drama, they're trying to get you yeah. into a heightened sensation. Um, you know, it's a freaking audition, guys. You do not need to heighten the sensation any more than is already there. Let's just let's just get people in when they need to be in. Yeah. So I don't I don't enjoy the process of those kind of shows um, and auditioning for them. And uh, Drag Race is very different to that though, because it's all done video. You know, so it's all done yeah. by a satellite. You fill out the form, you talk to people on the phone or um, on Skype, or um, and then you you make a video as well. There is a lot, though, to cram into your video. The expectation of what you will produce for it is enormous. You know, it's not just one song and a little yeah. a couple of jokes. Do you think that's because it's a more media, you know, it's, it's a more content creation driven program i suppose it's not let's watch one performance you know you've got the making you've got the character you need to bring your character out on screen do you think that it's that or do you think it just happens to be the way that, that it is i think it's because it's like drag race particularly is a um i'm gonna say a bad word but it's the correct word it's a bastardization of every other talent show you know, mm. because it's not just a singing show. It's not just a dancing show. It's not just an yeah. acting show. It's not a sewing show. It's not a makeup Everything. show. It's all of those things. And it's not just a runway show, you know, so it's not modeling stuff. It's all of those things, all in one TV show. So they, yeah. they're, they're pulling all of those key components from everywhere. And so it's this massive jigsaw puzzle that, I mean, if, if you were the casting directors for it, I would not want your job it's in a million job, years because getting you know one you have to wade your throat your way through all of these audition tapes and then you have to kind of work out in the jigsaw puzzle of creating an entertainment show how do we put all of these things together yeah how does I, that work i think that's that's its strength though is the fact that it is different kind of different every week yeah you you know you you have the lip sync at the end of the show. But up until that last kind of five, ten minutes of the show, every episode is, is quite different. There's the reality element. Absolutely. So I completely agree. Casting a show like that is that is that is really hard work, but an incredibly impressive achievement. Uh, and not enough props oh. go out to casting directors of those kind of TV shows because they will have been doing their due diligence for months and years finding the right people. Yeah. Certainly when it comes to launching such a big franchise over in a new country as well, you know, that the yeah. research that goes into casting a show like that or a show like X Factor or, a show, you know, even those shows that people don't I mean, particularly enjoy. All together now, just oh for the word. judges. Absolutely bonkers. Trying to work out how a hundred of these people, how do we get somebody from yeah. each tiny little niche element of the music industry and then, not only do we need them, we need them 
to be the right kind of personality, the right kind of ethos. They understand what's going on. You know, so it's that is, I mean, that the casting directors, for me, particularly for the first series, because it was the first time they did it, yeah. that was an insane mad. job. Insane. Mad, mad, mad. Um, and I don't know about you, but the audition for that, for me, um, as a judge, was very, very quick, very, very easy. Yeah. Um, I sort of rolled in, sang money, money, money badly because I'd been working till like six in the morning the night before. So I looked like I'd been dug up, just smashed all this makeup on my face, <laughs> threw a red frock on and a wig and went, money, money, money. And they were like, I mean, yeah, that'll do. Great. Um, which, I mean, phew, thanks, guys. Uh yeah, so that I mean, the audition process for that was relatively simple and enjoyable, actually, for me. This is my one thing. This is my one thing. Okay, this is the real tea right now. So uh, when you're looking at shows like BGT, they're not always wanting you to be the best that you can be. That was not my experience with The Voice. The Voice really wanted you to be great. The premise of the whole show is that these are great people coming to sing, be good, and if it works for the coaches, if they think they can work with them, then they'll turn around. Otherwise, well, it doesn't matter because actually you were great anyway. Yeah. Things like BGT, there is still an element with them of uh, we don't want everyone to be good. Yeah. If and everyone was good, understand it's a boring that. show, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You, well, I mean, not necessarily because America's got talent. Everybody is genuinely good. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, that's a very good there point. There are very yeah. few, very few joke acts on uh, on America's Got Talent. And that's because they just won't accept it. And I think that that is a really important thing to remember when you're going for anything that is a, in quotes, reality TV audition talent show, is that it's not a talent show. It's not a talent competition. That is not what it is. What it is is an entertainment show. They're not. They're not genuinely most of the time looking at it as a talent show. They are looking as an entertainment, and then it's a star vehicle for whoever the judges are, and then it's a star vehicle for you know whoever the guest or this person or that person is, and then it's about the talent. So, you know, the talent actually in those kind of shows is way down the line in terms of what they're trying to achieve and the agenda of the actual show itself. Mm. And you have to understand that as a performer going in there because it is a risk. Now, that being said, sometimes people try... I some really naughty stuff, didn't I? I'm snip, snip, snip! <laughs> Yeah, but I'm gonna now edit. Keep it in. I'm gonna edit keep it all it in. in. I love it. <laughs> we've we've done our time now, Davina. It's fine. Um, sometimes people might go into situations on reality TV and know that that's often the case of of the way it works, and maybe try a little too hard to manipulate it for their gain. Now, this story was submitted by. Uh, I think it's fair to say a relatively innocent performer back then uh, who she tried, maybe overthought the instance of auditioning for a very sweet reality TV show and tried to work it in her favour. And here's the story. 
She says, a fair few years ago, I signed up to attend a big audition day for Over the Rainbow, the big search to find a Dorothy, which would be televised on BBC One. And this is my confession. When the auditions for this show were announced, I knew I had to go for it. I'd always seen myself as a Dorothy and had played the part when I was younger and I fit the casting call the show put up perfectly. So I had to audition. In fact, nothing would stop me. Even the knee surgery I had the week before. I'd already signed up for the auditions way before my operation date had come through and when I asked how mobile I would be the week afterwards, I was told I'd be walking but, you know, not very well. This was true and when I was due to leave the hospital, I was indeed very hoppy. They offered me a set of crutches and said I probably wouldn't need them but would I like them for the first few days anyway? Well, I was about to say no thank you but my head flashed forward to next week's upcoming Dorothy audition. <laughs> which I knew I would be hobbling into. And I thought, well, maybe it would be better if I was on crutches. I might stand out a bit more. Be more of a sob story. The girl who really made an effort to come and audition for the role. I instantly said, yes, please, uh, uh, just in case. Off I went with the crutches. I didn't really need them. I was fine to hop around, but the day of the audition came and I made the decision to go in with the crutches. Partly because I hadn't been out for that any amount of time on my knee. And yes, I, I might actually need them for that long period of time, but let's face it, I wanted to be hobbling Dorothy, didn't I? Now, anyone who's ever used crutches will know that they are really hard work. The shift in your weight onto your arms and the effort to use them is really strenuous. I found that out the hard way. I used the crutches all day to travel into London from Kent, and by the time I got to the audition, I was knackered. But was I committed to my role of hobbly Dorothy? Yes, I was. As per the usual with these types of auditions, it was a long wait and you were continuously moving around the building to the next holding area. All of this contributing to the pain and exhaustion I was beginning to feel from the crutches. I was in more pain because of the crutches than I was my recovering knee. My turn finally came and the runner took me through a set of doors where I'd thought we'd find the room, but nope. It was a massive staircase. Now, normally I would have ditched the crutches and held the banisters and hopped up. But knowing I was being watched all the time, I was committed to these crutches. I had to do five flights of stairs on them. Oh, and they were in a hurry, of course, so I had to rush. When we got to the top of the stairs, I was straight into the room. A sweaty, bedraggled, out of breath, hobbly Dorothy. I could barely speak my own name, let alone sing the iconic song, which, of course, I had to go straight into. That's right. Nobody even asked about the crutches. <laughs> I couldn't catch my breath and gave the most appalling rendition of Over the Rainbow ever. I think I even took a breath between some and where. <laughs> At the end of the song, they said they could hear I would usually have a great voice, but clearly I wasn't having a good day. <laughs> she says, well done, Sherlock. Although we are tempted to put you through because we do feel sorry for you on those crutches. My head was thinking, yes, yes, do it. It's worked. But we can't do that. It was nice to meet you. And that was it. I had to hobble out the room. Oh, no! Uttering my thanks and baffling the runner who'd taken me into the room when I ditched the crutches immediately to hop down the stairs. I wasn't putting myself through that pain any longer and made my way home with these sodding crutches by my side. 
By the way, oh. nobody even offered me a seat on the train. I had to stand up with those crutches, feeling utterly sorry for myself all the way home and deeply ashamed. Lesson learned. Don't try and play the game. It'll bite you on the bum or the crutch. Ah! <laughs> oh dear me <sighs> now now i i can I, see what she was trying to do <laughs> absolutely and and i kind of really admire it <laughs> but it proves it's not no. always a good idea <laughs> <laughs> I love that she was trying to produce as well at the same time. I think that's cute. That's fun. She was thinking of it before. <laughs> it didn't bloody work though, did it? No. <laughs> we could keep you. Oh, yes, we're yes, not yes. Going oh, not gonna. To. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, Bless her. God. It was a it was a good try, but it doesn't always work. It doesn't always no, work. No, it doesn't. So, before we let you go, we always ask every guest what their audition addition would be. If it was a general audition process, is there one thing that you would add to it to make it better? It could be silly. It could be serious. Is there anything you think would you could add to bring you more enjoyment or just improve the process as a whole for everyone involved? Uh, I think the clearer... The casting can be about who they're looking for, you know, in the first yeah. instance, so that I don't need to drive to Devon when you're looking for somebody who's six foot two. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> um, and then also, I, I, I always feel like they should be more of a workshop process. Oh, interesting. For one, it just makes it just makes it a much less stressful environment because you know that you're going to be there for two or three hours, which means that you have those two or three hours to show them what you can actually do. You know, when it's a five minute thing, well, nobody's going to be able to deliver everything that they can do and bring to a company or a show in those five minutes. Yeah. You know, I know people, like I said, I know people who can do an amazing audition because for those five minutes, they can shine and be incredible and glorious and wonderful. And then actually, when it comes to being in an hour and a half long show, they're yeah. absolute rubbish. Yeah. Um, so for me, workshop process is always better because you get to see more of who the actual uh, performer is and what they can do. And it's also a bit of a payoff because when it is a workshop, it means that those people who've come, traveled all that way, paid money for a hotel, paid for, they're getting something as well. So it's just more of an, an even process when it's like that. You know, the thing with Rose Bruford that annoyed me so much was that I'd paid my 25, 30 pounds for the audition itself. When, you know, you're asking me to pay 10 grand a year to come and train here. Then you, I had to pay for the train ticket, had to pay for the hotel, yeah. had to pay for you know, all of that stuff. And as somebody who's 18 and from a big family, wh where does yeah. that money come from? Yeah, it's, it's just magicked out of a hat. No, it doesn't work, does it? Um, and uh, so it just instantly uh, it excludes a lot of people yeah. that in and of itself. And I just think that any, I mean, basic rule for anything anyway is if you have to pay for an audition it's not an audition 
do not go. Um, so I just, and I, that should have been a workshop because I paid for it. Yeah. So I paid for your time and you gave me three and a half minutes of it. You gave me three and a half minutes of your time as a, an 18 year old who's had to pay for this themselves. That's yeah. to me, that's unacceptable. And I think it's unacceptable to ask anybody to travel any amount of time and not be giving them something in return. So all the auditions, cause I've done lots of company work as well, where sometimes I'm on the, uh, I'm on the audition panel yeah. and then sometimes I'm auditioning. And the only ones which I'll now go to are ones which are a workshop process. Mm. Partly because I'm just better at that. Because you get to show yourself off more, don't more you, as well. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's a more relaxed environment. And you're going to learn something. You know, whatever happens, somebody in that room is going to teach you something, which you don't get the part. Well, that doesn't matter. I still got something from that time. You know, I'm old. I'm going to die soon, darling. I'm going to die soon. I haven't got time to be wasting. So I need to be getting something from my experience that I'm going to have. Otherwise, I'm not having it. Okay. <laughs> but it's a, it's a very it's a very simple thing of value your own time and balance Ooh. it off. If someone is, you know, if it's something that's asking you that isn't paying you that's going to send you eight scenes and ask you to learn four songs in advance and travel 2 hours to be there that isn't going to just balance is it, it worth out. It? Just balance it out. And that's not, it it? nothing yeah. detrimental to those things. Those things are happening for a reason and that's how for for the projects build to a certain extent, but there's going to be talent that are more local to that that are going to still going to be absolutely right for it. So just, you know, absolutely. if it's if it's round the corner and it's going to take an hour or two out of your time. That's all right if you're not doing anything else. But if you have to really yeah. go like to the arse end of nowhere to go and do it. No, there was a thing I bear in mind. I lived in Cardiff and, and then down in London. Like there, there was a thing once that I had to travel to Manchester for. I had to stay overnight in Manchester because I had to be there at eight o'clock in the morning. I didn't have to be there at eight o'clock in the morning. Of course oh. I didn't. It was in the middle of this estate where I genuinely we were worried about just walking around because it was it, I've never heard of it since and never been there again right in the in theater and they were like yeah it's a big workshop audition there's gonna be about 60 people there we're, we're gonna learn songs there's a big choir and then break you down I was like great that sounds fun there were eight people there four of which were the panel two of which were me and my now wife and then they didn't recall some of the group and I was the only one who went in and they were like well you're gonna get the part and I'm like what i'm the only one here that okay. was the only male performer there i should say they're like you're you're you've got the part and i'm like well there's no one else here for the part and they were like no that's not worth it by the way uh, you have to pay this money to do the show you have to and i'm like are you absolutely joking me what? where the hell was this at the beginning of it where was this in the casting oh yeah well it's a festival so you have to pay to go to new york i'm like no you've you know i don't live down here you've brought me up here hiding oh False pretenses. False pretenses, indeed. Yeah. So, yeah, being clear about, a little clearer about your language, about the role, to give people a little bit more insight about what is needed, I think is a really good one. And often, I suppose, that's the casting team's not getting the brief down. And, and, and that's where, you know, there needs to be a bit more leeway between casting directors to the clients doing it, I suppose. And that's, that's yeah. we're absolutely in the casting team's corner here, That's I should say. So, yeah, that's a really good, that's a really good addition to the audition process. Clarity and specificity. 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 Be specific and clear. I like that. Yes.
And there we go. That was this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You with brilliant guest Davina DeCampo. Oh, it was so nice to catch up with Davina and tell <laughs> loads of listener submissions this week. And to the people that sent in stories that you didn't manage to get read out this week, we just ran out of time and they will be included in our next few episodes. So stay tuned. If you've enjoyed this episode this week, we would absolutely love it if you would subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Head to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and give us a little review and whack a five-star rating on there as well. It genuinely helps us be found by so many people. And we would love this week for you to share it on Instagram. Tag us, take a screenshot of you listening. We're at Don't Call Us Pod and share our show around the globe. We've got listeners in Australia. We've got listeners in Singapore. We've got listeners in Brazil, Turkey. But I want to hear where you are listening to the show from. So tag us at Don't Call Us Pub with a screenshot of you listening. And let's all, let's all say hello. Also, one of the most important things is our listener stories. You make our show and we love sharing those confessions of auditions from the casting side of the table, from auditionees, from everyone. So email them in to us. We are at don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. And if you just want to send us a message to say hello on the show, then do so as well. Don'tcalluspod at gmail.com. But please do share the show to your friends, anyone you know who works in the performing industry, anyone you know who goes to the theatre and has always wondered what the audition process for shows are like. We have 15 other shows as well as this one with Davina DeCampo full, and I mean absolutely full, of hilarious, unbelievable, true audition fails, disasters, cringes and stories including guests like Christina Bianco, we have Ruth Bratt, we have Thomas Mitchells, we have David Hunter, Caroline Kay, Heber El-Sheikh, and so, so many more people from West End stars to international cabaret artists and comedians. So check them all out. Binge listen them this week. It's been a tough couple of weeks for everybody, so we hope we give you a bit of a light in the darkness. And that is genuinely why we're making this show, to give you guys a bit of a giggle and to help you escape from life. So binge every episode, catch up on the show, and let us know what you think. So from myself, Christopher Butler-Walford, your host, our lovely co-producer John Webb, and Davina DeCampo. We're going to throw some links to Davina's material, Davina's music, and links to all of her social media down in the episode description. So tag, tweet, hashtag everything, say hello to her, and make sure you spread the love of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, and we will see you next Friday for another episode live on Podcast Lab. Well, it's not live, is it? I've recorded it, but you know what I mean. Thank you so much, everyone. Remember, stay safe, wear your mask above your nose and mouth, wash your hands, keep warm because it's chilly, and remember, don't call us. We'll call you. Goodbye, everyone.